You're welcome to, uh, if you haven't already done so, make your way to your seats, but I also want to invite you to stand. We're going to begin together in song. Merry Christmas Eve. She's going to lead us in our call to worship. Come with me. Here's my sidekick, Silas. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars. O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are always 
are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength, each one appearing before God in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. <laughs> no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Thank you, Rachel and Silas. You guys can grab a seat. <laughs> hey, well, happy Christmas Eve. Good to see everybody. Excited to be here. Excited for an opportunity to, um, yeah, to, to be at this special day and this special time uh, together. A few quick announcements before we get to why we're here. Uh, I think we all know why we're here, but just in case we forget, let's, we'll have a little reminder. But a, but a couple things before we do that. So, as you know, our kids are going to be hanging out with us the whole time. So if you're not used to having little people running around like, like Teddy up here, Teddy will probably be up here for a lot of the time, and that will be okay because this is the way we roll. But parents, do remember, we do have some coloring pages in the back uh, for them and some crayons if, they, if you want to help keep them busy. They're there for you, and they actually have the verses and all the different things that we're going over today. So it just helps them stay engaged as well. So just as a reminder, those are available if you would like them. Also, as a reminder, um, next Sunday we won't be here. So next Sunday there will be no gathering on, on New Year's Eve, but the following Sunday, the next time we get together, will be 2024, and it will also be at 10 a.m. in the morning. So we're moving our gatherings from, from now at 4 p.m. till 10 a.m. Uh, starting January 7th. You should all know that by now, but just in case you forgot, there it is, and that's what we have going on. And so, again, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for making this a part of your way of setting your mind's attentions and heart's affections upon Jesus, especially in this time and place, in this season. And so we find ourselves kind of at a, at a weird little spot, don't we? Like if, I know not everybody grew up in traditions with Advent, but, but as just a way of reminder, who all did? Did anybody grow up in a tradition with Advent as a part of your, your, your kind of faith tradition, your religious tradition, right? And so if you know anything about Advent, it's, it's pretty scripted, right, in a lot of the liturgical traditions. And so a lot of the, the, the liturgical churches, like the Episcopal Church, the Anglican Church, even the Catholic Church, they actually did a little deal today that it was the end of Advent. So they started, their first service day was Advent 4. So technically in the calendar, once every seven years, Advent ends on Christmas Eve. But for us as a faith family, we finished out Advent last week. <laughs> and so we just jumped straight into Christmas Eve. And so this evening, we actually find ourselves kind of caught up with everybody else. Instead of being a step ahead of, of, of all the other traditions, we kind of find ourselves right in the middle of it. This evening, we find ourselves at the end, the end of another cycle of Advent. Our nearly month-long journey led us to weave our stories into the stories of anticipation and arrival told by prophets Young and old, ancient and modern, familiar and obscure. And for those that get to, got to walk with us this year, I hope you, like the stories that we told, both the stories from our scriptures as well as the stories that we read in the gathering together, helped us kind of think about life with God a little bit differently, to envision life with God in the, in the fullness that it was meant to. These apocalyptic images reveal the end, of our, the end in ours, the end of all that takes life from us and keeps us fighting others for it. An end that is, in truth, a beginning, a mending, a restoring to our beginning, to life with God, whole and holy, to a life enlightened. 
This evening, we remember that our lives today are lived in the full and completed light of the visions unveiled. Much like our wreath, which now has all its candles ablaze, we see in the stories of faith, hope, a force that allows us to leave what is and live for what will be. We also see in the pictures painted peace, our second candle, not a place to arrive. We don't arrive at peace, but it is the path. It's the way of arriving. We see in the sacred scriptures the special candle of joy, an energy incomplete until others are brought into it, until what we have is shared by all. We see in the images of the end, our final candle, love, which is in truth our beginning and our end, our start and our finish, the fullness, completion, and perfection of the image in which we were made. This evening on Christmas Eve, we in Advent, we end Advent, not because we've finished our journey, but because it is finished. In the arrival, life, death, and life again and forever of Jesus, the ruler of this world is cast out. The end's beginning is now. Or as God answered Jesus, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out when I am lifted up from the earth. This evening, alongside friends and family and faith, gathered to speak together the proclamation of promise and sing the praises of presence so that we might in here and out there serve one another, neighbor and enemy with humble strength, we are reminded how we begin to live at the end, to an end that is far more than we can ask or imagine, that is everything and more that has been revealed in Jesus our Christ, who not only moved into the neighborhood, but into us, as Paul would say in Colossians, to his saints, God chose to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In the stories and scriptures and songs and even silence that follow in the next few moments, may we clearly see a vision of the life we are reborn into because Jesus was born, because Jesus died and because Jesus lives forever. And as the prophets of old dared to dream, may we not just see the vision, but may such a vision compel us to live the life we see in him until all can see what we've received. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you that what draws us into this place today, more than tradition, more than family, more than friends, Father, is your life given for us. And not just given for us, but given to us so that we might live whole and holy in you to the fullest of the image in which we were created by your grace and strength in Christ Jesus. And so I pray with friends and family, Father, Lord, that for the next few moments, especially in this day and this time of remembrance, that our hearts, affections, our minds, attentions will be turned to the one who lights our life, who is the light of our life, that we may worship him, that our hearts may be open to him, and that we may more than just see him in all the things and festivities of this day and tomorrow morning, Lord, may continue to grow in grace and knowledge of Him for His glory, for our good, and for the good of all those around us. Because Jesus died, because He lives, because He came, we pray in His name. Amen. All right, kids, it's your favorite part. It's story time. Yes!
So Miss Deidre is going to come and read a story with us. The story will be up on the screen for everybody who's not a kid who wants to follow along. Though this is your chance if you've ever wanted to come on stage to sit on stage, you, you have you get you get the opportunity. But I'll let Miss Deidre read for us the from uh, Matthew chapter two, King of all kings. the very same star, the star that God had put in the sky when Jesus was born. They knew it was a sign. A baby king had been born. They had been waiting for the star. They knew it would come. He's here, they shouted. He's here. And I'm sure if you'd been there, you would have heard them laughing and dancing and singing until the sun came up. At dawn, they packed up their camels and wrapped gifts for the baby. They brought their most precious treasures of all, frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Special, sparkly, lovely smelling, gleaming things just right for a king. The three wise men, actually, if you'd met them, you'd have thought they were kings because they were so rich and clever and important looking, set off. They rode their camels across endless deserts, up steep mountains, down into the deep valleys, through raging rivers, over grassy plains, night and day, and day and night, for hours that turned into days, that turned into weeks, that turned into months and months, until at last they reached Jerusalem. Jerusalem was by far the most important city for miles around, and as anyone can tell you, that's where a palace would be, and kings are born in palaces. So that's where they went, but they for a surprise. They went to see King Herod. Surely he'd know where he was, but he didn't. In fact, he didn't like the sound of a new king. It made him cross. He didn't want anyone to be king except him. But Herod's advisors told the three wise men what was written in their books, what God had said about the baby king. Go to Bethlehem. That's where you'll find him. Suddenly, the star they had seen in the east started moving again, showing them the way. So the three wise men followed the star out of the big city, along the road, into the little town of Bethlehem. They followed the star through the streets of Bethlehem, out of the nice part of town, through the not-so-nice part of town, into the really not-so-nice part of town, down a little dirt track until it stopped right over a little house. But wait, it wasn't a palace, and there weren't any guards or servants or flags or red carpets or trumpets or anything. Did they get it wrong, or was this what God meant? Sure enough, in that little house, there sitting on his mother's knee, they found him, the baby king. The three men knelt before the little king. They took off their rich royal turbans and gleaming golden crowns. They bowed their noble heads to the ground and gave him their sparkling treasures. The journey that had begun so many centuries before had led three wise men here to a little town, to a little house, to a little child. To the king God had promised David all those years before. But this child was a new kind of king. Though he was the prince of heaven, he had become poor. Though he was the mighty God, he had become a helpless baby. This king hadn't come to be the boss. He had come to be a servant. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Miss Deidre. 
Good job, guys. <laughs> Having arrived at the end of our arriving stories and the completion of the Revelation's end, we light a candle, not bound in the cyclical journey, but standing within it, above it, and shining far beyond it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Welcome to Stand as we continue together in song. Oh. 
is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him all, the babe, the son of Mary. One of the seven angels spoke to me. Come here, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. He took me away in the spirit to an enormous high mountain and showed me holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, resplendent in the bright glory of God. The city shimmered like a precious gem, light-filled, pulsing light. But there was no sign of a temple, for the Lord God, the sovereign strong, and the Lamb are the temple. The city doesn't need sun or moon for light. God's glory is its light. The Lamb, its Lamb. The nations will walk in its light, and earth's kings bring back, bring in their splendor. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there won't be any night. They'll bring the glory and honor of the nations into the city.
grab a seat. Uh-oh. <laughs> In truth, our lives are a response to what we've been given. A life broken so that ours might be made whole. <laughs> a life poured out that ours might be lived full and forever in His. If you would, go ahead and make your way down to the front and grab these elements of communion. And then I want you to do something. I want you to return to your seat. You can open those up because we know they take a while um, to get there. But I want you to grab your communion elements and take a seat for just a few more minutes. In the busyness that is the Christmas season, I'm sure it's been a lot of joy for everyone, but if you're like us, it feels like it's gone like that. And it's just almost over. And while tomorrow is the kind of culmination of our excitement, we know that there's a day that comes after tomorrow, right? And days that come after tomorrow, and, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And so I think it's important for us, especially in this season, to take a moment to respond to what we've been given, not just what we're waiting for, but what we actually have. And especially on days like this day, our first response to what we receive should be silence. As the prophet Habakkuk says, but the Lord is in His holy temple. The same temple that Dana just read for us in Revelation, dwelling with us. So, because God is with us, let all the earth keep silence before Him. The silence of this night is because God is with us. Here, in this place, with you and I, gathered here to set our minds, attentions, and hearts, affections upon Him, gathered here because of tradition, gathered here because of friends and family, whatever we're here for, God is here with us. Let that sink in for just a moment. So for just a moment, if you would, close your eyes, or if you're more comfortable, you can just look at the ground, whatever you want. But take a deep breath just to rest in the silence. The silence of God with us. Receive what Jesus offers in the quiet. I'll stop talking. Let us be quiet for just a moment.
in the presence of the Lord, because God is pleased to dwell with us, will you stand with me and pray together this final collect, this final gathered prayer of God's people as we end this Christmas season? Almighty God, Thank you.
candles in the in the chair uh, either beside you or maybe even in front of you you should have had one on your chair before you sat down um, hopefully you got rid of that earlier um, but yeah Lily and Cohen are gonna make their way around to light um, your candles if you notice they lit theirs from the center candle here which is the Christ candle on our advent wreath and this is just to represent the very same God who brought the stars and brought light into being at all um, now comes down and dwells in with us and lights our hearts um, so that the light which is Christ might be the light which shines from us into the world, um, the light and the life of men. Father God. 
awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them around so all can get in on it. If words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. In course to the end of time, oh yes.